Hi there, this is Pastor Ronnie Allen here at Omega Church. I'd like to welcome you to our podcast. If this is your first time listening, we want to say thank you for joining us. We hope this message equips you to follow God's voice. We believe that if you're searching, today your search is over. Thanks for being with us and enjoy. I've been saying this for a long time, so I'm going to make Nita got on the subject, so I'm going to say it now. I'm going to repeat something that I've said for many years. Time and consistency proves or disproves anything. Time and consistency will prove what you've been consistent at. You know, a lot of people think they're consistent. But time and consistency will prove it. Do you know that time and consistency will prove that you've been inconsistent? (laughs) Amen. Shout me down because I'm preaching so good. Do you tell your spouse that you love them on a daily basis? Well, I told them when we got married. (laughs) Time and consistency. Amen. Glory to God. Father, we thank you right now. We thank you for the 180. We thank you for what you're doing in our youth ministry. We thank you for what you're going to do here today in this auditorium. Those that are viewing by live stream, we give you praise and thanksgiving in the name of Jesus that you give us clear thought and accurate words. And that we clear out our minds for the moments that we have with each other and most of all with you. That there's going to be an entrance of your word that's going to bring light and understanding and will never be the same again. Say this with me out loud. I'll never be the same again. I'll never be the same again. Amen. We're going to dismiss the 180 at this moment for them to go into their small groups. Glory to God. God's good. I want to encourage you. Uh, and the two announcements, Wednesday night, starting this Wednesday night, wall builders will be, we will be showing it through live stream because I want as many people even outside of uh, the local uh, people here, we want to get it out to as many people as possible. Our country hangs in a balance right now. Not, Not in the ones to come, right now. We're approaching a Uh, voting season and we need to know what it means from a biblical standpoint too much of the church has been active in this area inactive I should say in this area and because we have the devil's taking advantage of it today and we're declaring we're going to put a stop to this nonsense in Jesus name and we're going to require those that represent us in office have a biblical moral standard given by God in the name of Jesus. So I want to encourage you to view uh, if you cannot be here. If you can be here, it's important to be here. Church, when we come together, the more we see the day approaching, the more we assemble ourselves together. What does that mean? What's the purpose? The purpose is so that we can Encourage one another, uh, not only just encourage one another, but get taught maybe something that we don't know, uh, to follow those that may have a little bit more experience. And then those that have a little bit more experience, they got to follow somebody else that's got a little bit more experience and so on and so forth. Uh, When you get to heaven, I want you to understand, you will be ever learning about God. The Bible teaches that His wisdom and understanding is infinite. That means it never runs out. Okay? And you're going to be learning when you get to heaven as well. Right now, we have to apply the Word of God in our generation while we're here on earth. The only time that you have here on earth is now. Quit quit squandering your now. Maybe you ought to title that, Quit Squandering Your Now. Okay. 
now is very important and faith is now. So I want to encourage you. It will run for eight weeks. There will be various speakers. And I want to encourage you to do this. I can't overemphasize this. Okay? It's very, very important. Today we're going to start a new subject matter, of course. This is not a subject matter that a lot of people in our generation love to hear about, talk about, or like. But it's the subject of work and labor. It is a subject matter that I very seldom ever hear taught in churches. We hear a lot about grace, as if grace is the opposite of work. And grace is not. When God influences you, you're going to work, but you're going to be productive. Everybody say productive. In fact, the Bible teaches against idleness. In fact, Jesus said it in Matthew's gospel. Every idle word spoken. He didn't even get to the action. Every non-operative word spoken, you will give account thereof in the day of judgment. We're not even talking about actions yet. Every inoperative word. So, idleness is not something that God's in favor of. He's not pleased with. Now, I don't mean that if a person that's idle uh, has committed the unpardonable sin. That's not what we're talking about. Many of you here today, you've made an effort. This is, we're going to be celebrating what we call Labor Day tomorrow. And I don't know why we call it Labor Day, as if that's the only day of the year that some people work. You'll miss that. Okay? Uh, in order to succeed or do well, you have to be doing something. You cannot succeed without doing. And if you don't understand, a, and we're going to talk about work ethic. And I'll get to that in a moment. This is one of the very important teachings that our, that our generation needs now. Because the Antichrist spirit is going to try to put it like this to control people. This is what it's going to do. The Antichrist spirit is that you don't need to work just because somebody else has something better than you, uh, uh, then they need to give it to you as well. It's, that's, the call, that's the spirit of communism. Communism, it's, it's important to understand. If you study anything about that type of governing body in a nation, you're going to find out that communism, the first thing that it does is eliminate teaching from the Bible. comes after the church first. Why is that? To bring the populace into the obedience of that Antichrist spirit. To where government now becomes God. You say, what has this got to do with labor and work? It has everything to do with it. We've got millions across this nation now that are living off the streets now because it's easier because they know they're going to get a check well wow, that went really good I thought you'd be jumping up and down preach it brother Ronnie but that's okay I'm used to this when I start getting on these types of subjects There's one thing to support the weak and needy. And when I say needy, you have to qualify that. Okay? It's another thing to aid and abet the lazy. And the church has been put on a guilt trip. Okay? To make you feel guilty in order to what they call to support the weak and the needy when you haven't qualified them. 
Well, I'm going to give you some scripture today that's in the New Testament. Turn to your neighbors and say, we're going to knock those old holy socks off. Okay. There are various types of work. And the New Testament is not against work. There remains a rest, Hebrews says, for the people of God. Just like God worked six days and on the seventh day he rested. Pastor Zona did a bang-up job last Thursday. You need to go back and listen to that again if you were here or you've already viewed it. You need to listen to it again. And here's why. You don't rest until you've done the work. Like God worked six days and then he rested. Okay? And he said there remains a rest to the people of God. Like God ceased from his labors and rested on the seventh day. God is prepared for us to enter into a rest. And then it goes on to say, labor to enter into that rest. Do what? <laughs> labor to enter into that rest. There are various types of labor or work, and we're going to look at those just for a few moments. I'm going to give you some things to write down and, or look at if you want to take these notes. If it's valuable to you, if not, just endure the next two hours. <laughs> All right, listen to this. This principle of work is in everything you do. Everything. God didn't create man to be lazy. He gave Adam and Eve responsibility in the uh, uh, Garden of Eden before they sinned. Before they sinned. We have this attitude that Adam and Eve were in the garden and they just tiptoed through the trees and, you know, just, you know, and then that's how come they got in trouble because I guess they were just at ease all the time. No, he said he put them there to till the garden. That is labor. What got them in trouble is they had to work and take care of those trees, all of them, but only one they couldn't eat of. They could have had every tree in the garden, but that one... They were not to eat up, but they still had to take care of it. Sound like a lot of people that are anti-tithe. Y'all missed that one too. There are various types of work. There's, there is physical labor, which I encourage people to do some physical labor. Your body needs it. Okay? Some people work harder about getting out of work than they are, than the work itself. Okay? There is physical labor. You need to be involved in some of that sometimes. I don't like to be around people that don't like that just the f doing physical things. Okay? The reason why is because that is a portion of my life. Physical labor is important. Say that with me out loud. Physical labor is important. There's also mental labor. Mental work. This is where some people get in a big trouble is they don't like to work their mind. And if you don't work your mind, the devil will use it as his playground. You've got to have your mind made up. How many of you? <laughs> Some people don't make up their mind the way they don't make up their bed. And they wonder why their life is a mess. Because chaos and everything has occupied your mind except your responsibility. That will it, really good. Being, I'm preaching so good, I may take up a second offering on this one. 
And then there is spiritual labor, spiritual work, spiritual work, spiritual work. This is the highest form of work, and your spirit man works. And we'll look at a verse, and I'll give it to you later, uh, the exact uh, reference to it. But the Bible says we are to be workers together with Him. So if God works, He created you in His image and in His likeness, then guess what? You need to work. The problem is we have raised up for two, two or three generations now and a lack of work ethic in our populace. And it's been purposed to infiltrate and demoralize the working force. Are you following me? It's to demoralize. You work, then you have taxes that are confiscated to give to somebody else that doesn't have or don't take on responsibility. You follow? Listen, when I, when, when I went into the workforce, the only unemployment you got could only last six weeks. Today, it lasts for years. And so they're working, but they're working about getting out of work. Are you, are you following what I'm saying? I'm just taking it from an economic standpoint. Here we got all kinds of signs, help wanted, help wanted, help wanted. And we got able-bodied people living on the streets because they're going to get something for doing nothing. Are you following me? And so it's easy, I don't have to have any responsibility. Now I'm not talking about the weak and needy that are qualified. You follow? That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about there's an element that has to be addressed. That same attitude creeps over into the church. Now listen carefully because we're talking about working three, three different areas. Physically, mentally, and also spiritually. That same attitude infiltrates the church when it comes to spiritual matters. Your spiritual life is your responsibility, not mine. And so what we try to do, I'm talking about there is a group. I'm not saying that that's you. I'm just saying that we've got to understand the atmosphere, the attitude, the culture, if you would. The culture has been, that's what we pay the, the preacher for. To do all your Bible reading, to do all your praying. And I'll show up when I got a problem, and I expect you to pray the prayer of faith and pull my fanny out of the fire. Are you following me? Now, don't misunderstand what I'm saying. I'm not saying that ministers don't have a leadership role, but listen carefully. That means all that means is they do it by do it first to set an example for you to follow. Does not mean they are to do it for you. God wants you to know him and he wants to know you intimately. Every aspect, every field of your endeavor. Including physical employment. He wants you to have faith. He wants to, he has given you the privilege to use his faith so that you can receive what he paid for. And I'm going to tell you, it's work. Because you're going to have to retrain this up here to coordinate with what he's dealing with in here. 
That's a mental work. That's called renewing the mind. How many, the word renew, when he tells you in Romans chapter 12, is not to be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. That word renew means to renovate. If you've never renovated anything, you need to do it at least once. You've never, if you've never had your kitchen or your bathroom renovated, do it one time. I'm not saying you got to do it all the time. Do it one time. Then you'll understand what you have to do mentally to transform, to transform yourself to, from the old to the new. It's work. It's an effort. It's not effortless. Okay? How many of you know it's effort to make time to read your Bible? especially up front when you haven't incorporated it into your lifestyle. It's very much an effort. And let me tell you, the devil's going to do everything he can to fight you on this. Isn't it interesting? When you designate a time with God to pray, the kids go wild. The phone rings. I don't know why we think we've got to answer the phone every time it rings. The phone rings, and your mind thinks about everything you got to do tomorrow. Why is that? Because you haven't made the transition yet. You're in the renovation process. That's mental work. Are, are, are you following what I'm saying? Okay. <laughs> I heard a preacher one time put it like this. I'll never forget this message. I wrote this down, and uh, I'll never forget it. He said, there is the word of faith, which we spent, invested the whole month, last month in August, about really the word of God and faith. There is the word of faith. But then the word of faith gives over to the work of faith. Everybody say the work of faith. Work. Faith has to work. Okay? Faith is not doing nothing. It's an effort. There's the work of faith. Then the last phase of faith is the wonder of faith. If you don't go through that, those, that, that, how would I say, that, uh, at exact format, you'll never get to what we call a miracle. Many people never get to a miracle. Everybody thinks a miracle is going to church. We have a special meeting, and uh, God uses somebody that has the gifts of miracle. You know, uh, one of the gift, called the gift of the working of miracles. And so we got, have to be there. Do you know that that really mainly is for unbelievers and those that are newbies in faith? That is not for those of us that are being matured. Okay? And so we depend on that, and when we don't get it, because we're trying to ride the coattails or hitchhike on somebody else's faith, then we say, well, I guess God doesn't want me to have it. Or I tried that faith stuff, or I, I tried, and, you know, God used to work miracles. You know, all the excuses that our mind gives. There, to transform your life, there's going to be some effort. It's not effortless. It's impossible. No such thing. Because the flesh is hostile against the spirit. God wants us to get into the wonder of faith. We're living in a time where our generation needs to see the wonder of faith. Working in your individual life, not just in our lives collectively. Now, I have did all of that to get you set up as an introduction to 1 Thessalonians chapter 2. Glory to God. You will notice today 
All we're going to invest our time in is in the New Testament. Where is it at? Because when so, we hear so much about works versus grace that we don't separate what is being meant or what is being said, the context of those things. God has a lot of positive things to say about work. Okay? And it's in the New Testament. Most of the time, we divide the old from the new. The Bible didn't say that Jesus came to do away with the old. He came to fulfill it. He's given us a better covenant based on better promises, which includes everything in the old covenant as well. Okay? Now... 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, let's look at verses 2 and 3, well, 2 through 4 out of the King James. We give thanks to God always for you always, making mention you of, of you in our prayers, remembering. Now, why did he make mention of them in their prayers? Remembering without ceasing... Your work of faith, labor of love, and patience of hope in our Lord Jesus Christ in the sight of God and our Father, knowing, knowing, brethren, beloved, your election of God. Your election, or I'm going to say it another way, selection of God. God has selected you. Now, let me, I, I, I taught, and this you'll find this in, in our uh, School of Helps. I got a whole uh, one session on this. You have been divinely selected. Now, the Bible talks about how do you make your calling and election sure. There's a verse that says that. Make your calling and election sure. How do you do that? Calling means an invitation. I'm calling you to this. And God's calling each and every one of us by, uh, by name. And he's calling us, inviting us into what he's doing to be a laborer with him. To work with him. Okay? God's working. His word is working. Say that out loud. God's word is working. How do we make our calling or our invitation to work with God, how do we make it sure? Let me give you an example. The best example I know how it's simple. But in, let's suppose that we have Richard over here and we have Sonny over here. And we're going to divide everyone in this room on... Uh, on we're going to play softball. They're the captains. And, and they're going to pick out every one of us to be on their team. Richard looks out there at you and says, I want so-and-so. I want, call your, your name. I want you on my team. He sent out a call. That's an invitation. What if, what if, you made this statement. Richard, I'd love to be on your team if I can be the pitcher. And Richard says, I looked at you pitching and you just ain't too good. You're better off in the outfield. He's putting together the team. Now, let's suppose that you agreed with him and he called you by your name and says, I want you on my team. The way that you make your calling and election sure is to come over there and be on his team. And not be the coach, but to find your designated area and do the work of developing that skill in that area. Are you following me? Paul says, I see your work and labor of love. I'm remembering your work, your labor of love, and patience of hope, knowing, knowing, knowing. 
What is he knowing? Your election of God. God elected you when he sent out the call. What he wants you to do is he wants you to agree with his election or selection. Are you following me? All right. Now, remember, there's labor in all the areas of our life. Do you know that you even have to labor to go on vacation? Hello. You have to labor to go on vacation. Everybody said, man, I want to go on vacation. Do you know what you got to do? You got to get everything spelled out, what you got to do at home. You got to get all packed. You got to travel to get there. Then you got to unpack. Then you got to have a supposedly good time. Then you got to pack it back up. Then you got to get back home and you got to unpack it and you got to catch up on the mail, pay the bills, and you got to get ready to go back to work. And then you need a vacation from the vacation. Are you following me? So everything has, has some kind of, of effort involved if it's going to be successful. Okay? I like going hunt, hunting and fishing. I like doing that. But do you know how much work it is? A lot of work. Then if you catch something... You got to clean it. And then after you clean it, you got to cook it. After you cook it and eat it, you got to clean up after it. It's all effort if you're going to be successful. If you're really going to enjoy life, there's effort in it. Are you following? Very, very important to understand. Now, notice this. It's a work of faith, labor of love, which we're going to divide these up as we continue, uh, and patience of hope, an endurance. There's an endurance. Why do, why do we work? Why do we work? Why do we want to put forth this effort? Because we have an expectation. We have an expectation. And guess what we're going to have to do? We're going to have to be patient and endure to meet the expectation that we have as a result of the effort. Okay? I don't like going fishing if I'm not going to bring any fish home. Are you following me? I know for all of you, catch and release... But I'm not one of them. Okay. <laughs> I'm, more, I'm more interested in eating those fish than I am putting them on the wall. I just thought I'd throw that out there. So don't invite me if it's cash and release. Frustrating. <laughs> All right. Now... <clears throat> 1 Corinthians, while we're, let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 3. I'm, I'm going slow here to build a foundation because we're going to be, through this whole month, we're going to be talking about these things to get a clear understanding. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, and let's look here at verses 8 through 10. Now he that planteth and he that watereth are one. Every man, watch this, shall receive his own reward or wage according to his own labor. So in other words, if God's called you to sow and you're busy sowing, then you're going to receive a wage for that or a reward. If God's called you to water what somebody else has sown, and you're faithful and consistent at doing it, then you're going to receive your wage. Are you following? Okay. Watch carefully. For we are, uh, we are laborers together with who? That's a, that's a big statement. We're laborers together with God. Ye are God's husbandry. 
you're God's building. According to the grace or the gifting of God, which is given unto me as a wise master builder, I've laid a foundation, another builds thereon, but let every man take heed how he buildeth thereon. Let's take this and use this as an example. Let's suppose that there is a... Jesus is the general contractor and architect of a building. He's given skill to each subcontractor that they have developed. Not been. Paul is to work on the foundation. So Paul comes over there. He works on the foundation. Then you, he said, now comes in the framers. The framers are going to build on that foundation. It doesn't matter. Listen carefully. It doesn't matter in the structure what your part is. You're going to be given a pay for or a reward for finishing and for starting and finishing your part. But the structure is of God. Let each subcontractor due to the highest performance of their skill. Does that make sense to you? That's exactly what he's talking about. Right? Okay? Uh, but let every... So that same thing applies to you when just going to work to... Uh, well, some of us Tuesday morning. <clears throat> the rest of us are one day of, of the year. Oh, no, so it's not this. Don't do. Now it may make yours the best. Somebody say the best. You're not over there being busybody with the other structure. Here now, let's everybody say we're to God's building something, and we need to take that iteration. Second Thessalonians chapter three. We'll read verses. 6 through 15. Now, by the way, y'all know that 2 Thessalonians is where? In the New Testament. This is under the New Covenant. Right? Pay attention right here. These principles are true. And our generation needs to hear this. 2 Thessalonians chapter number 3, verse Number six. Now we command you. Wow. Just that first phrase. Command. Everybody say command. If I had a Bible, I would underline the word command because it's going to play a pivotal part. Brethren, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. So he's not only just giving a command from Paul. He's saying in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. That ye withdraw yourselves from every brother that walketh disorderly. Another important word in the King James, disorderly. And not after the tradition which he, which he received, listen carefully, from us. In other words, that Paul says this principle that I'm commanding you on is not the tradition of men, it's the instruction of the word in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And he says, anyone that does not follow this principle, we are to mark that person that walks disorderly. Okay? So the key is there's an order to this. Watch carefully. You that are viewing by live stream, you haven't escaped this. Okay? And not after. Watch them. And he said, withdraw. In other words, don't, don't fellowship. Everybody say withdraw. withdraw. Wow. We don't hear this much in the, New in the New Testament church today. There are some people we're to withdraw from. Even those of like precious faith. Watch carefully. For yourselves know how you ought to follow us. You ought to follow us. For we behave not ourselves disorderly among you. 
Neither did we eat any man's bread for naught. In other words, we didn't eat, we didn't eat food from somebody that we didn't pay for. Paul wasn't a preacher that came to Thessalonica and says, you know, I'm the preacher and I'm going I, I, I'm, I'm to eat from you. Now watch carefully. But wrought with labor. But wrought with labor. Everybody say labor. labor. And travailed night and day. One translation says we moonlighted. During the night, had a second job so we could labor spiritually in front of you. So I had two jobs. Had a spiritual job and he had a physical job. Watch carefully. It's going to get really interesting. Labor and travail night and day that we might not be chargeable to any of you. Chargeable. Wow. These are important phrases. Not because we have not power. That word power doesn't mean force here. It means right or privilege. So it was only right if we labor spiritually that we ought to be paid for it. Shout me down. It's amazing. Oh, I want to make a statement. Jesus, I wasn't... Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> it's not right for people to expect for a minister to marry their kids and bury the dead and visit them while they're in the hospital without taking care of them. Now this church is taking care of me. So, but I'm making a statement so it can be heard. It's not right. In fact, in the book of Galatians it says they're worthy of double honor. I'm just throwing something out here that we won't talk about much. Okay? Y'all take care of me. Don't misunderstand a word. I'm not doing this to get more out of you. God takes care of me, and He's used you to help me. Thank you. I can't say thank you enough. Okay? But it's something that has to be said because what we're experiencing in this church is not being experienced in the culture of the church. Okay? That's why I'm teaching it. Don't let anybody get you sidetracked from this stuff. Okay? He says, not because we don't have a right, but we did work at night physically to moonlight to take care of our own stuff, feed our own selves, to make ourselves an example or an example for you to follow us. For when, you, when we were with you, this we commanded you. Man, here's another word, another, another command. He didn't say commend, he said command. This is where, where are we reading from? Okay. Command that if any would not work, neither should he eat. Wow. You ought to thank God you've got a preacher that will talk like this. See that, that we talk about what's going on in society outside the church, but the attitude of communism is in the church. And we get mad and jealous over, over what we perceive somebody else has made success in and maybe even become rich in, and we're over there saying, Dear God, dang, dang, dang. And, and I'm hearing a lot of stuff about the prosperity message, the prosperity gospel. Well, if the gospel won't do well, that's what prosperity means, then what's the purpose of the good news? And by the way, Jesus said, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me to preach the gospel 
to the poor before he ever mentions healing the sick. I'm tired of hearing people talk like this. They don't know what they're talking about. You've let the spirit of communism infiltrate the church. If someone has succeeded financially, you need to find out how they sowed their seeds, what kind of seeds they sowed, how they did it. You don't need to be jealous over it because God says he will reward the work of faith. Glory to God. If you don't work, you don't eat. For we hear that there were some which walk among you disorderly. Paul is instructing us that not working is disorderly. Working not at all, but are busybodies. When people don't work, they become busybodies. And guess what? Modern technology, and particularly social media, has everybody in everybody else's business. And guess what? Because everybody's in everybody else's business, nobody's doing their own business. My mom used to put it like this. Ronnie, you need to tend to your own rat killing. <laughs> you know what she's saying? Butt your nose out of something that ain't yours. And get over there and taking care of your business. I feel it, Zona. I feel it. I know you're talking to me. The Holy Ghost let me know those vibes. <laughs> She's been after me. Ronnie, you, you don't let somebody else suck you in to their rat killing. Because Ronnie, if you get sucked into their rat killing, you don't kill your own rats. Woo! Thank God for Juanita Allen, my mother, and Zoni to Alan, my wife. <laughs> All right. Be careful. She said, be careful. I love her. Glory to God. Now watch this. Now them that are such, we command. Here's that word command again. And exhort by our Lord Jesus Christ that with quietness, they work and eat their own bread. Isn't that amazing? Quietness. You notice there's a lot of commotion of people protesting on the streets and rioting in the streets, and you'll notice the majority of them don't work. That's what happens in a local church. Same, spirit, same principles applied to the spirit realm. You know who gives the most trouble in the church? Busybodies. Everything that everybody else ought to do. And getting upset because the pastor ain't doing it. A number of years ago, I had some... Uh, uh, individuals that were single adults. In other words, they were out of high school. They were, you know, college and career. And they, they came to me in Zona and, and they said, you know, Pastor Ronnie, you ought to start a college and career uh, group here in the church. And I said, really? For singles. They was talking about for singles. And I said, really? I said, I ain't single. You're missing it about right there. Are you, are you hearing me? If God's dealing with you, do it, then present it. You write it down, do your homework, do your due diligence, uh, uh, come and have a meeting with me. Not a hallway meeting on Sunday morning when we got 60 seconds to talk. Present it to me. Do your homework. Bring it to me. 
and let's pray over this matter. I'm not doubting that these people need to be ministered to. But don't come bring something else to put on my plate for me to do and then get upset because I don't do it. That sounds like to me a bunch of busybodies seeing where everybody else ought to be ministered to, but they don't want to do the ministry. Woo, hallelujah. I know today you want out as quick as possible, and you're thanking God. You are thanking God that tomorrow is Labor Day. Okay. Stay with me. Watch carefully what Paul said. We're going to finish reading this. He said, I command that with quietness they work and eat with their own bread. But ye, brethren, be not weary in well-doing. In other words, start doing well. Start walking orderly. Start doing with quietness and taking care of your business. How many remember that song, Taking Care of Business? Well, do you know in that song, in those lyrics, it says really everybody is self-employed. Everybody is self-employed. Even if you work for an employer, everybody's self-employed. And those that are self-employed, what we label self-employed, really does have an employer. It's called the customer. These are not things that are taught. They're not taught. Turn to your neighbor and say, I'm glad I go to a church where a pastor's not afraid to do this. Just a few of you. The other half are debating it. Okay, look at this. But if any, uh, any man obey not our word by this epistle, note that man, and have no company with him, that he may be ashamed. Have no company with him. That means don't fellowship and don't aid and abet him to continue to be a busybody, idle, and lazy. Now, you that have younger kids, this is the time right now. Children, you got children? You need to develop a work ethic. Unless you want to provide for them for the rest of their life then you're not a good parent. That's, that's parent abuse right there. They're supposed to be grown up and gone. What are they going to do when you're no longer around? You follow me? If you're going to be a good parent, you've got to understand these things. But these things are not taught. They're not taught in our school system, and they're not taught in our churches, and society is begging for this kind of understanding. All right. He said, don't have no fellowship with him. But watch this. Yet count him not as an enemy. People, listen, these people are not our enemies, but we are to admonish them as a brother. When, when we're talking about being ashamed, he's not talking about embarrassing people. What we're talking about is that they have a turn of heart. They have a turn of heart. Now, let me wrap this up for today. All of this was just really an introduction. <laughs> Do you know that there's a verse in the Bible? Philippians chapter 2, verse 12, that makes this statement. My mom, this is one of the verses my mom used to quote to me all the time. The Bible says, Ronnie, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. What? Work, work, work your own salvation out? What does that mean? You're going to have to apply the Word of God yourself to your own situation sooner or later. And the sooner that I can get you to begin to develop that, the better off you're going to be. My job is to make you independent of me. 
Now, does that mean that we uh, disassociate from each other? No, that's not what we're talking about. What we're talking about is you learning how to apply faith for yourself, how to use the work of faith and the labor of love and the patience of hope and apply it to your life in every endeavor, spiritually, physically, mentally, every area of your life. But the more that our churches are full of people, he's looking for compatibility. In other words, someone that is also, that's going to require us maturing quickly because time is getting short for this to happen. And by the way, I am encouraged. I am seeing that God is moving in the church and in the preheat. Some Christians are waiting for the preheat. Well, then let me give you some fiery sermons so you can get preheated. <laughs> All right, watch this. The word ethic, in closing, the word ethic means moral principles that govern a person's behavior or conduct of activity. And moral principles. It's really moral correctness. Ethics is moral correctness. This Greek word, word ethics, listen carefully. This is what it means. The science, the science of morals. It's absent of the word of God. There is no morals. Absent of the Word of God. So we get our moral principles from the Word of God. We find this in our own nation's history when the Puritans and the pilgrims came from Europe to the United States. They were coming because they were, uh, there was a Protestant Reformation against the established church at the time. And Reformation kings capitalism. The spirit of capitalism. Labor means intense toil. It's going to cost you that it doesn't do not value when they reach success. This is the, this is the ethic I'm going to talk about just for a moment. Give you an a seed right here. Here we are trying to provide for people that I mean anyway, I'm going to see if I can approach it differently. Take a person that has nothing invested in the housing they live in. No investment means there will be no respect. Don't look at me and say, well now, Pastor Ronnie, I rent. Listen, you got something invested if you're having to pay that rent. But if somebody's paying that rent for you, you have nothing invested. I'll never forget when Zona and I lived. <laughs> and I won't go through the whole story, but she locked herself in the bathroom. And it was a one-bedroom. It was, I don't feet that we lived. Dr. Self, here I am. I, I said, don't unlock. I count through this door. She stood on the opposite side of the door, and she kind of smiled. I could see her smiling. She said, well, you know, just do the best you can. She did it or not, because I couldn't see through the door. Two, and then on three, did a splintered, you know, and... I looked across the, the, the bathroom. She's leaning against the wall. And we looked at her and both eyes got about this big on her and me. And we was arguing into peace that facial to that door back together because we wanted, we wanted our down payment, you know what I mean? Back when we get out of this apartment. We had an investment. Believe me. You follow, there's an investment. But if you take somebody that doesn't have any investment, hello, 
then they're not that they don't regard for it. That's the you're working for something. And God said, I'm going to see that you get paid wages because you're going to do it as unto me. Spiritually, physically, and also mentally. You have to have mental discipline, you have to have physical discipline, and you have to have spiritual discipline for you to have patience of hope. Long term. You follow? You're applying your faith for something. You want a miracle? You can't enjoy the miracle. That's the reason why many people lose a miracle they use to somebody else's faith to get. Do you hear me? I've seen God use the gifts of healings, get people healed, and go right out. Six months later, they lost what they got. Because they didn't develop. They didn't... They thought, well, I just got to show up the next service and see if I can get somebody to pray a magic prayer. God says, I'm requiring faith of you. Amen? Amen. Glory to God. God's good. You're going to enjoy your Labor Day. Father, I thank you right now for every person that's here today. Lord, you want us, you paid the price for us to be healed. For us to be saved. For us to be filled with the Holy Spirit. To enjoy the life that Jesus paid for. But we must apply the work of faith. Lord, we must let you renovate us from top to bottom. Spirit, soul, and body. Father, we thank you. We're going to submit to you. You've invited us to work together with you. As you do, you're going to supply not only the means, the ability, the discipline, but you're also going to supply the enjoyment. Lord, we give you praise and thanksgiving. Our salvation is not about just the hereafter. It begins the moment we make you Lord of our lives. Lord, we don't even know how to invest in our lives. But Lord, you do. You're the leader. Jesus, you're our example. Lord, we're not trying to disregard people, but we don't want that spirit of laziness, both spiritually, physically, and mentally, to get a hold of us. We're being renovated into the very image of Jesus. We submit ourselves to you. If we could do so good with our lives without you, then why did we come to you when our lives was a wreck? Your way of doing things. Is what's going to deliver us from ourselves. Lord, we thank you. We thank you, we thank you, we thank you. Glory be to God. I thank you, Father, that you prosper the work of their hands. I'm in agreement with your word. Spiritually, physically, mentally, financially, in every aspect of our lives. Glory be to God. Glory be to God. Thank you, Jesus giving in us understanding about a work ethic, a spiritual work ethic, a physical work ethic, a mental work ethic. Lord, we give you the praise and thanksgiving. Glory be to God. Oh, hallelujah. Glory be to God. Would you just stand with me? Just stand with me. Let's just take, can you give me just 60 seconds to praise Him? Lord, we just praise you.
we thank you. You're not unrighteous to forget our work and labor of love, which we have shown and we do show. Glory be to God. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. And many in the sound of my voice right now, and many in the sound of my voice, your payday is coming. Your payday is at hand. You've been faithful, stay with it. Don't be weary in well-doing. Glory be to God. Oh, hallelujah. Lord, we give you praise. We give you thanksgiving. You're holy, you're just, you're righteous, and you're true. Thank you, Lord, that your word is doing a work in us. We give you praise and thanksgiving. Now, Father, as we leave this place, we thank you that your word is working in our bodies, in our spirits, and in our minds, restoring, making us whole, totally transforming our lives. Thank you, Lord, that as we get ready to leave this place, that your grace surrounds us like a shield, follows us wherever we go. We hear your voice and the voice of another we won't follow. You've given your angels charge over us, over our families, our properties, and our goods. You've given us the name of Jesus to use, which we use right now, and we use it with our faith. In the name of Jesus, say that out loud. In the name of Jesus, there'll be no tragedy named among any of us. Thank you for joining us today. I'd like to say thank you for all those who give and support this ministry. I pray that you've been blessed and challenged by the podcast today. For more information on how to give, you can visit omegachurch.com forward slash give. Thank you for believing in our mission.